faith friend you are tuned into the facts faith and feelings podcast i am your host amika coleman founder and ceo of strands of faith a faith-based hair and beauty lifestyle brand i'm a mom a wife a serial entrepreneur and a self-proclaimed joy pusher in this podcast i'll be sharing with you stories about my faith journey entrepreneur journey healing from past hurts and pains the journey to finding my purpose, and the evolution of my mental health from a Christian perspective. My hope is that you can relate and also find your healing, purpose, and continuous joy as you travel down your own road ahead. This is a safe space. No judgment, no harsh criticisms. We are faith friends. So just sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Hello, hello, beautiful people. What a wonderful day to be alive and well. I hope you guys are having a fantabulous day. So this is going to be interesting episode. So just follow along. If you agree, say yes, girl, that's on point or nah, girl, you missed the mark. You know, (laughs) I'm all for open conversations and healthy dialogue. So The entire premises of these conversations is meant to be thought-provoking. So here's the thing. It's 1995. You are a young, fine tenderoni, 22 years old, fresh from college, and you are just now finding your way. And in the midst of finding your way, you decide to become a believer and commit to following Christ. However, beforehand, you have been out there doing your own thing. You've been living your best life. You haven't quite made it to living your blessed life yet, but you've been living your best life, honey. So up until now, you and your boyfriend have been living together or in the old folks term, shacking, shacking. (laughs) And you personally felt a conviction in this because of what you have been taught previously. And you feel like you're ready to make some changes and live accordingly to how you think God wants you to live. So you have met an older Christian woman at your church who seems to be God-fearing and someone who you can look up to to, you know, guide you in the right direction. So you go to her for advice. And the first thing she says is, child, you don't need to be laying up in there with that boy. Ain't no sense of him paying for the milk if he getting the cookies for free. Because you know milk and cookies go together, right? And she goes on and on in a manner in which you start to feel a spirit of self-defeat. You feel as if she's judging you versus guiding you in love. And not to mention, she just got delivered from shacking with her boyfriend a few years prior. Okay, so now what's wrong with this scenario? Isn't the Christian woman telling her right? Well, the issue is not her telling her that she is wrong. The issue is in her delivery. Which brings me to my topic of narcissistic Christians. Of course, we're supposed to guide and direct other believers, but when doing so, it must be done in love. There is a huge difference in correcting out of self-righteousness versus correcting out of righteousness. And at times, there can be a thin line. So let's get into it. What is a narcissistic Christian? First of all, I don't know if I made that up or not, but from my experiences, it fit the bill. So I'm just going to roll with it. Narcissism, according to Wikipedia, and uh, my educated folks, don't bash me for quoting Wikipedia. (laughs) But definition, it still stands. And it says that narcissism is the pursuit of gratification 
from vanity or egotistic admiration of one's idealized self-image and attributes. This includes self-flattery, perfectionism, and arrogance. Just to note, these are characteristics of narcissism in which anybody can possess and is different from the actual diagnosis disorder of NPD. But for the sake of it, let me also tell you what NPD means. NPD stands for Narcissistic Personality Disorder. It is a mental condition in which people have an inflated sense of their own importance, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration, troubled relationships, and a lack of empathy for others. But behind this mask of extreme confidence lies a fragile self-esteem that's vulnerable to the slightest criticism. For the purpose of this episode, we won't be talking about NPD. Instead, we will be discussing narcissistic traits in Christians, hence narcissistic Christian. I believe narcissistic traits are universal. However, narcissistic traits in an atheist versus a believer usually are surfaced in a different manner. And I'll give further examples in a few. We will also discuss how, you know, we can identify and handle them. And also if we exhibit some of the very behaviors ourselves, how can we look internally, take ownership and aim to do better? So I posed the question on my Facebook and Instagram and I asked, what are some traits and characteristics of Christian narcissists? And the responses were actually overwhelming. Not surprisingly, many people have dealt with these type of traits from Christians. One young lady in particular, not sure if she would want me to say her name, so I won't, but her responses were interesting and she had quite a few, so I'm just going to speak on what she shared and piggyback off of it. So here are some examples. If you were a real Christian, you would do this or that. Saying this as a way to use shame to manipulate behavior. Or the Lord loves us Christians over all else. Saying this using nationalistic mindset to incite loyalty to their wants. Listen, y'all, truth be told, God loves us all. Believers, non-believers, atheists, whoever. The beauty about God is that he gives all of us the free will to choose. But just because I choose to believe, that doesn't make me any better than those who choose not to believe. And this is the reason I am able to have friends of all religions because I strive to speak the universal language, which is love. This language transcends every race, ethnicity, religion, creed, etc. So, no, I personally don't think that I am the best thing since sliced bread just because I am a believer. However, don't get it twisted. I do believe that I will receive favor as a result of my actions and beliefs. So if you listen carefully, you will likely think I just contradicted this whole portion. But love and favor are two different things. For more insight on this, I would advise you to read Isaiah 66 and 2. Now here's another one. Women should submit just because I am the head. Ho, 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 wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) We cannot be leaving out context when we say this. So we know that this saying is really meant from scripture of Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, keyword for the people in the back, own husbands as you do the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body or which he is savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, 
So also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Okay. And then verse 25 goes on to give further instructions to the hubbies. So yeah, no ma'am, no ham. I am not about to be submitted to you. If you submit into Satan, Tom, Harry, Lucifer, and whoever else, um, that's not what my scripture tells me. Furthermore, husbands, let me talk to y'all for a minute. Just because you are a believer or you say you're a believer, don't be using this scripture as a way to manipulate or guilt your wife into succumbing to your wayward plans that are out of the will of God. Let me repeat. Wives, submit to your husbands as he submit to Christ, who is the head of the church. I love Dan to death. I really do. But um, he know as soon as he step outside the wheel, um, sir, sir, h- how long are you going to be out there? Because um, the way my bounce is set up, the, the way, this is not what it meant to leave and cleave. So I- I'm going to need you to come on back this way. I got grace, but uh, the timer is ticking. So what you going to do? <laughs> okay, y'all, I'm playing, but, but you'll get the point. So moving right along. This episode is brought to you by Strands of Faith. Take your hair care routine to the next level with quality products made in small batches and guaranteed to increase your moisture levels and the retention of your length. Healthy hair like never before. Save 10% on your next order. Visit www.strandsoffaith.com. Use code FFF10 during checkout. Quality products, quality service. You deserve the best. Don't question the Lord's will because. Saying this using divine wisdom to discourage the victims from trusting their own intuition. So for me personally, I got questions I need to know, like send a trumpet, a wink, a vision, a dream or something. <laughs> um, this is what prayer is for. Like prayer is our chance to have open communication with God. Open communication means nothing is off limits. It means that, you know, you can take all of your worries, concerns, requests, questions and all of that to him. And, you know, I don't know where this thing comes from in regards to not questioning God. But hear me out. For some reason, we have been taught to believe that questioning something is a sign of rebellion or disobedience. We have even been taught this as kids growing up, especially in the black community. Now, if it apply or if it don't fit, it is what it is. Everybody didn't grow up the same. But as kids growing up, we, and when I say we, I mean us collectively, we were taught to not question adults. But as I have become an adult myself and now have my own kids, I have rebuttaled this. I encourage my kids to question me or to ask questions about things because I believe that it is critical in developing their critical thinking and problem solving skills. And it also helps to better enhance their communication. Sometimes I may have an answer and sometimes I may not. But them asking a question does no harm to me or them. You know, it's so long as respectable. So in this same way, I believe that God wants us to communicate with him. And if it involves asking him questions, then ask questions. You know, not so much in a questioning his sovereignty type of way, but more so in a way where, you know, you can ask him a question and then expect a response in a way where your earthly mind can comprehend it enough to receive peace. So I I hope that makes sense. Here's another one. Donate even your last dollar to our fund because... 
Saying this to keep the victims in financial discretion so they cannot leave. Listen, I don't know about you, but this is why it is so important for us to develop a relationship with God for ourselves. Because if God told you to tell me to give you my last dollar, you better believe he just told me the same thing before I walked in here. You're not about to have me sitting at home, twiddling my fingers in front of a lighted candle because my lights got turned off as a result of giving my last dollar to you. Nah, that's not how that works. Now, I am a firm believer in tithing and in giving to the church in general, but I'm also going to make sure that my movements aren't based on feelings or emotions based on what someone else has told me. Once you practice this enough, you will learn the difference. Giving a hollow apology for a bad behavior and saying, the devil got a hold of me, but God is working on my soul, but refusing to take accountability for their free will. Listen, the Bible gives us free will, but it shouldn't only work, you know, when you want it to work for you. So this one is self-explanatory. Or God has ordained me to say such and such. Saying this is a way to make you believe that they have a special relationship with God and that only they receive special words from him. Now, this one is kind of tricky. There's a fine line and maybe some truth to the statement, but context is the main key. This is why it is important to try the spirit by the spirit and to learn the word and develop a relationship with Christ for ourselves. God definitely speaks to us and through us, but we have to be careful in attaching his name to everything that we say and do, or it risks becoming a habit, even when we didn't actually receive a word from him. This is why I try to be very careful, you know, in saying that God told me something unless I receive a strong unction from the spirit to do so. One thing to watch out for is when speaking with someone is if, you know, every other sentence is, I heard a word from God or God told me then you want to probably tread carefully. Listen, y'all, don't misquote me. I'm not saying that people don't hear from God. Surely we do have prophets, etc. And surely you have heard from him yourself. However, sometimes people can allow the flesh to blur those lines and what they actually hear. So let's just all be more mindful in general. Okay, y'all, so these were some loaded examples, and I am sure that you guys probably have examples of your own. You know, people who exhibit these characteristics will almost always be successful in persuading the majority of the people to accept and honor them. And usually because the majority of the people won't spend enough time to see the truth. But what do you do about it? Simple. You protect yourself. Learn to recognize the behavior that hurts you and others. And if the narcissist happens to be in leadership, you almost certainly will not be able to change the mind of other church leadership towards the narcissist because they are often the last ones to see the damage these folks can do. But if you must call attention to their actions, be sure to point out the behavior rather than the motivation. Tell what they do. Maybe you can help others by pointing out what you see or by coming alongside victims when they too are hurting. So let's talk about me for a minute. Listen, y'all, I am not perfect. I would never pay myself to be a perfect Christian. So if that's what you think this is, this ain't it. So this means that as long as I am living and as long as I'm breathing, that means I'm constantly evolving and I'm constantly have room for growth. And also, this does not mean that I can get away with the saying, oh, but God knows my heart and he's still working on me. No, this means that each day I should intentionally 
intentionally strive to become a better version than who I was on yesterday. So where does all of this come into play? Have I ever been a narcissistic Christian? Hmm, probably so. They say hindsight is twenty twenty, and I will partially have to agree. Sometimes I look back on things that I have said or actions that I may have taken and think, hmm, that did come across a little suspect. Granted, back then, whenever I would try to correct the next person, I truly in my heart thought that I was doing so in love. But one thing that I have learned over time is that it is not up to me to decide. It is up to the person receiving the correction to decide. And what I mean by that is, basically, if you are sharing something with someone and they feel like it is coming across in a non-lovable manner, then those feelings are their truth. We can't decide someone else's feelings for them. I finally took internal inventory of my thought processes and why I moved the way I moved, and I realized that my repeated behaviors were the direct reflection of the people who I was attached to. Meaning, learned behaviors are learned from people who we admire, love, and deeply care for, even when those learned behaviors may be wrong. It took me finding the strength to remove myself from the connections before I had a clear enough view to understand that I needed to unlearn some of the things that I was taught. So let's talk solutions. What do you do if you have encountered narcissistic Christians or if you have displayed some of the traits yourself? First, know and learn the difference. I am in no means suggesting that you no longer speak up when your fellow sister or brother may be on a path of destruction, you know, for we are called to be our brother's keeper. However, I will instead challenge you to be led by the spirit in doing so. And remember above all to continue to do things in love. Now, if you are attached to people who have extreme narcissistic traits in ways that threaten your peace or mental health, and, you know, speaking from my experience only, the best solution may be to distance yourselves and just pray for them. Many times, these type of people usually see no wrong in their actions or behaviors. So even if you bring it to their attention, it will be like a never-ending thing in which, you know, they play the victim and it will continue to leave you drained and questioning your entire thought process. So just pray for them. Just simply pray. Pray that God softens their heart to receive the necessary convictions needed from him a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stir up anger. So be gentle and pray. And let me add, the root of narcissism is basically ego. This is why scripture calls us to fully submit to Christ and renew our minds daily. We can't do this work alone. We need help and we have to want the help. So stay prayer for my friends. But before I close... I just want to say, I try to do a good job at forecasting potential thoughts and comments that may come as a result of me doing certain episodes. So let me just say, this is not a bashing Christians type of situation or a Christian sticking together type of thing. This is simply me showing my version of Christianity and how Christianity is not perfect as some would be led to believe. We missed the mark too. So this is about accountability, leading with love, and striving to be more like Christ daily. Facts. As people, we will miss the mark with our own strength. Faith. Let's trust God enough to submit our egos to him to lead us to do the right thing at all times. Feelings. We may be tempted to check the next person, but let's always keep the man in the mirror at the forefront. 
I sincerely hope you found this episode helpful. I would love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Tune in next week for episode number six, where we'll be talking about authenticity and why you should never trade your authenticity for approval. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, please subscribe or share with a faith friend. Feel free to leave a comment to let me know your thoughts. Our faith rests on the fact that God loves us regardless of what our feelings may be saying at any given time. Always remember, God loves you. I love you. You are loved.